Yes! You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is Ordered. To my left, the one and only, Mr. Logical. Jersey's in the house. Wild thing. And right here up in your face, it's 2-5. We back. So tonight, we're going to give you a recap of where we are in the NBA playoffs as of this moment. I got Miami 91, New York 84, 950 left. They told me the Knicks being in the playoffs was going to be better, and it's not. And then, we're going to get into Dylan Brooks. He's on the move because Memphis said, you ain't welcome here no more. Where he going to end up? Is he worth any damn thing? Beach. Go to somewhere with All a right. beach, Dylan. All right. And then we're going to do something that I hate doing, but we're going to do it hate because it. we are part of the sports media and now. we're going to be very oh, serious about early, it. Two early Super Bowl predictions, but we're going to do it anyway because I know y'all want it. And then lastly, before I get it off my chest, we're going to get into the Philadelphia 76ers. Did the process work? Was it worth it? So, Mr. Logical, what's happening on this Monday night? Listen, man, I want to shout out to Major League, Wild Thing, Rick Vaughn. You know, like, I keep the jerseys on, on deck. Uh, yes, yo, yes. like... We we would have give you give you two episodes last week, but I was uh I was like literally neck deep in the finals for my master's degree program. I had to write like a fifteen page paper and do a PowerPoint. Then I had to write another five to ten page paper <laughs> for another class, and I was like, "The PowerPoint." Sorry, <laughs> yo, it was crazy. I had, to, I had to use this whole setup. I had to record. I had to record my intro, and I had to record. For each slide, it was some like twelve to seventeen minutes with yeah. the with the recordings and the slide. I was like, "Yo, I locked in. I didn't do anything social last week. I just was like locked in. Probably from from Monday after we did we recorded last week until Thursday midnight. I was just literally doing homework, so I couldn't I couldn't you get know. to another one." You know, and I just want people to know because I've been seeing all these lists and everybody every single year keep overranking Neyland Stadium, talking about how tough it is to win against the Vols in that stadium when Tennessee just got good this year. I just want you to know there's no place like Doke. You know what I'm saying? No place like Doke. Anyway. Right Cycle Stadium is pretty tough too. <laughs> Shout out to 801. So, what's going on in the NBA playoffs, man? Yo, the NBA playoffs, yo. I mean the script writers. I know they about to go on strike. Uh, the screen actors, the writers, <laughs> about to go on strike. Well, whoever wrote the NBA playoffs, yo, somebody should get them an Emmy or like an Oscar for the drama. We got people getting their head stepped on. We got chess getting stepped on. We got Serbians elbowing owners. I mean, we got the whole shit bang. We got LeBron taking. The greatest Instagram picture ever. I don't even know when that happened, but it just looked marvelous. Like it had mad filters in it. Uh, we got Steph guys. following Steph to the sideline, talking about, I'm just trying to make sure you ain't going to shoot from here. <laughs> Yo, I got to go you to the bench. Like, I think we, we have it all, man. Like I said, you and I had the conversation earlier about uh, Devin Booker right here trying to win the 
you know, the Bill Russell trophy. Hey, that man trying to win finals MVP. That's what he's trying to yeah, win. But you know, you know what's interesting, though? And we're gonna get back on topic, y'all. I promise. You know what would be hilarious though? I would love, I can't wait to see the reaction if the Suns were to somehow win the title and Devin Booker got finals MVP. I can't wait to hear the KD legacy talk after that. Oh, I'm so sick of that word. <laughs> legacy it started with your boy. Legacy and narrative. Those Nobody talked words. about legacy until LeBron came around. Mad cap. Man, anyway. Cap. That's cap. anyway. <laughs> anyway, since we're talking about LeBron, we might as well start with the Lakers and the Warriors. So what's your takeaways from that series? It's it just seems like I said, I picked I picked the the Lakers, I wanna say reluctantly, because it's like I think it's a toss-up. I think it's 50-50. Um but the blowouts, the physicality, the Anthony Davis in odd number games this playoff series is alarming. I think it's like an 18 point swing. Like he's averaging like 30 points in odd number games and 13 in even number games. It's not about wins and losses for some reason. Like he doesn't put them back to back. I know it's like he's LeBron the giant James Harden or something. I think there was one play when Austin Reeves had the ball at the top of the key. I think it was a missed shot on the Golden State end. They brought the ball up. And LeBron off the ball. And it looked like Austin Reeves just had it. And he was like, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it. And he just floated up. And LeBron caught it two-handed, dunked it, you know, going from uh, left to right. I think I think it's a great series. I think it's kind of bittersweet because we all know that in the event that whatever player makes it to the Western Conference Finals, KD, uh Steph or LeBron, the conversation is going to be, do you move Steph up above Magic? Oh, they already having that. Do you move Steph above LeBron? Because he's gotten so many. He was so successful in LeBron's era. He ate on LeBron's watch, that, that phrase. Or if LeBron gets this Lakers team, which is essentially – the 2018 team were in Cleveland where they made all the trades at the trade deadline. And then they go on to the finals, win or loss, win or lose, excuse me. So I think it's just so many, there's so many layers to what's going on, but ultimately it's like, who, who's ready to play the golden state Sacramento series was, they're very competitive, six of the seven games, one blowout, a play here, a play there, a foul here, an ejection there, changes the whole series. Sacramento up 2-0, come back. And like I said, we talk about all the time. Yo, give me nine games of Golden State versus Sacramento. The Lakers-Golden State series seems a little bit more seems a little weird because it's been a couple of blowouts. It's Lakers-Cavs all over again. And now you have this pivotal game four now. How does LeBron come out in game four? Does he try to get 12 in the first quarter? Mm-hmm. Does he Does he, Does he? he try to get – do the Lakers try to get 30 points in the first quarter 
in a sprint. Hey, is this gonna be game six? Is this gonna be game six in Cleveland? <laughs> where they where they get like 20 free throws in the first quarter? That depends on what you think that the the narrative that the NBA wants something. I think because we were just talking about this offline before we started recording mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the disparity between the free throws and it's simply this. I think the Lakers go to the rim more. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. they go to the rim. I think they create easier shots for themselves at the rim, which mm-hmm. creates a little bit of angst defensively because Golden State has two and a half players that play defense. Mm-hmm. Draymond, Looney, and Gary Payton Jr. Or the second, whatever it goes by. Yeah, he's starting tonight. He's starting tonight because yeah. they know they don't play any other defense. <laughs> but if we we all seen guys I saw it the other day or yesterday with the the Philadelphia Boston series, Niang had five fouls early in the fourth, like maybe mid early to the fourth. And as mm-hmm. soon as he got his fifth foul, I thought to myself, how often does Steph Curry have five fouls in a game? How often does LeBron have five fouls in a game? How often does Jimmy Butler have five fouls in a game? How often does, you know, some of these stars, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, how often are they? Oh, Carl Anthony Towns gets them a lot. <laughs> how often are they at five fouls? You know what I mean? I, I don't know about five, but he's definitely at four a lot. Bam out of bio. So I just feel like some of these guys are just in a position of where just being uh, role players, they might get more foul calls. So does mm-hmm. Gary Payton starting and then you get Austin Reeves, get him in the paint. With an up another pump fake, or he, or he you, do that little you, head thing that the refs call every time. This that thing. I see is a flop. I've never done. I've never done that. I played basketball for fun, like my whole life. I've never done this. I've never seen anybody do it. Like you know what I mean. Like it, I mean, I'm sure it happened, but you know, it doesn't happen very often. If we were playing a basketball game at Hill at the gym, and someone threw both hands in the air, let the ball go out of bounds, you're like, that's out on you. I'd be like, that was dumb. Why'd he do that? That was dumb. Like, just <laughs> just take the contact and shoot the layup. Hey, so. but you know you know what my question is. This is my question ever since the series against Sacramento. Where is Jonathan Kaminga? He ain't playing. I know. Yo, why? Me, I need, okay, the role players have this. The role players have a leash that's six inches. The stars got 18. <laughs> if you were doing nut stuff in that six inch leash that I give you, I gotta pull you out. Except Jordan if you're Poole, Jordan Poole. <laughs> but they paid him a hundred million dollars. That was dumb. That's the difference. They paid they paid him too much money to not sit him. And he spent five hundred thousand dollars on a date. He when he could have just bought her a pizza. <laughs> If if Julius Russell don't, I mean, Julius Russell, if Julius Randle don't get his Mr. Cheeks looking ass out of the ref's face. But anyway, um, so, you know, we talk about narrative and you remember the old narrative about how Steph chokes in the big moments, Della Vadova shut him down, all this kind of stuff. You know, what's funny about that is that Steph's only averaging 23 in this series. So 
we might start to hear a little bit of that talk again. So as people are putting him in their top tens and he's better than Magic Johnson, this is going to be the pushback on the other side. What's funny about that is that, you know, him and Clay are averaging the same exact points for the series. You know, so Clay has shown up, but Steph has taken a step back, if you will. You know, um, Looney is leading the playoffs in rebounds. But it don't mean anything if you got two front court starters against the Lakers that can't score. You know, so Draymond. Yeah, but and, but Looney isn't leading the playoffs in block shots. No, he's not. That that would be that's, AD. That's the problem. You know, yeah. you know and, 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 that's, and that's the other problem is that the Warriors – the wrong people are challenging AD. You know what I mean? Like Looney or Draymond so? need to Looney or Draymond need to challenge AD at the basket and potentially get a foul. If Stefan, you know, Steph's little ass coming through there, Anthony's just gonna put that in, you know, row three C or whatever. You know, do what they I mean? have a six to nine or six ten guy that can put out there on the floor and give valuable minutes to? On the on the probably not. On, probably not, but that's where nine deep. Do they have a six nine guy they can put out there? Probably not. How tall is Wiggins? <laughs> six seven, six, six eight, seven ish. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's a weak yeah. defender. Yeah, you know. But I mean, there's like, nobody that they. There's, there's nobody no on Jeff the team. Green or that anybody can, in their team. There's no. There's, Aaron there's nobody that can guard kind of AD. There's nobody that can guard AD. But I'm talking about people challenging him at the basket, put on the defensive end to potentially yes. try to, to get some fouls on get him. Fouls on him. Yeah. I mean, I saw some Kevon Looney highlights from UCLA. He looked litty. Just let him. Yeah, see how long ago was that? I mean, a jump shot from 15 feet is a jump shot from 15 feet, no matter if you played in 1988. When, but that's what I'm saying. When's the last time you saw Looney shoot that? When's the last time let you saw shoot Looney it. shoot that? Like, remember, you, we, you were having a conversation with Sabonis. Sabonis trying to set a screen at the free throw line. I'm like, Draymond is six feet from you. Turn and. And let it fly. Get it over him. Yeah, get it over him. Because you know, you, know Steph, you know Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole are going to get there. We'll go 14, 18 shots each minimum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if Kavon Looney's down there, instead of getting a turnover, like, yo, dog, just, just pull up. Pull up from 15. Right. Knock right. it down. Like, get us, get us eight cheap points. When are we going to get the Draymond game? You know, say I remember the 32 15 and and we well, haven't we, gotten we, that since then. It was two presents ago. Wait, yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. But that you know, 30, D'Angelo what, Russell 32 15 and 7, right? Yep. But but D'Angelo Russell has been the surprise of this series. You know, like he's doing the things that people thought that he could do, but he just wasn't doing it. You know, and I think that he has that edge. We talked about this. He used to play for Golden State. They got rid of him on some like we don't think that you're gonna help us get to that next point. So I think he has a little chip on his shoulder that he's using to go against them as well. You know, but what is basically coming down to, which we knew coming into the series, is that Golden State just ha- doesn't have enough points coming from the front front court to not have to shoot 53s a game or, you know, shoot 63s shoot a game. 52 threes in game one? It was, I think it was 56, actually. But like yeah, like it was six for 56 or something like that. It was something crazy like that. But they had to do that because they're not getting points in the paint, you know. So Wiggins... You, you got to shout out there. I know. Shout out. Shout out to Wiggins for the poster. Points in the paint, because let's let's not let's not front. AD is an off is the offensive catalyst for the Lakers right now in the playoffs. Right. Granted, LeBron is there, and Austin Reeves can do that, and DeAndre Russell, whatever. 
Mm-hmm. AD is the guy that's driving the force offensively inside of the painted area. Right, right. But Golden right. State doesn't challenge him because I think they're operating his philosophy that the, sh- the three-point shot is going to be the thing. Three well, is more than the, two. <laughs> if the Lakers come down 10 possessions and they get eight shots at the rim, Mm-hmm. That could be potentially about ten to twelve points with free throws because mm-hmm. they're getting fouled because you have no defenders mm-hmm. down there. So Jordan Poole shooting that twenty-eight footer in Game One, shooting twenty-six like, percent from three. By the way, it's like dog. And I, I've heard I watched the pundits talk about oh somebody came to close out on him. I'm like yeah, that's after he let the ball go, but if he takes. A dribble. Two dribbles. Two dribbles. If he pump fakes off the catch, he still had 10 seconds when he caught the ball. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. pump fakes off the catch and takes two dribbles. The dude guarding Steph, right when Steph bent over, like in the middle of the, like in the middle of the court, like, oh my God, I can't believe yeah. you shot that. That yeah. dude has to rotate over. And now you slip it to Steph, and Steph is essentially by himself but what, I, what, I, what I didn't like about the play what I didn't like about the play because everybody's you know everybody got on Jordan Poole because he's Jordan Poole for taking that shot no I got him because he shot up from 28 feet no I know but I mean anyway point being you know but, but this is the Warriors you can't tell the Warriors to not do what the Warriors do remember the, the whole Steph thing in 2016 behind it that's what the Warriors do it just it bites them in the ass sometimes that's what they do but the point being is that when you look at the rest of that play Everybody else was in the corner. Like, there was nobody coming for the ball. Steph was, you know, getting – he was tangled Steph up. Was in but nobody – I think the Nobody ball else was Draymond. coming to the ball. Nobody and else Draymond was coming to the ball. got it to, to Jordan Poole because I think Draymond right. got – he got – somebody came out and challenged him defensively. He got to Jordan Poole. It's 10.7 seconds when he catches the ball. Right, 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 right. Maybe Golden State has a timeout. Maybe they call one. I'm not sure what their timeout situation was. But the help came from the guy that was coming out to challenge Steph. Mm-hmm. He he jumped to his right to challenge right. the shot mm-hmm. of Jordan Poole mm-hmm. when he would have done the same challenge off the pump fake. A right. pump fake would have created, I don't know if it was Lonnie Walker or Vanderbilt, but whoever challenged Jordan Poole on that left wing would have done the exact same thing from mm-hmm. a pump fake or a shot. Right. And now if he still has the ball and you're only down three, 10 seconds left, maybe you take the layup or maybe you dribble drive into the paint and someone has a challenge you and you kick it out to clay in the corner. I mean, right. there's nothing more deadly than clay in the corner than Jason Bourne with an ink pen. I mean, that's it. I mean, so it <laughs> just, I just feel like sometimes they play, I think they play so. I want to say passive. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get the right word. I think they play with so much confidence that they play so loose, loose and confident, and no one mm-hmm. is blamed for whatever goes wrong. Right. Except for Jordan was like, if I make <laughs> this, I'm the hero. Except so for the Lakers, probably, still got the Lakers. Still have nine nine, nine seconds or so to get back down. <laughs> At a minimum, they still got nine seconds. Yeah. You can't control them yeah. inside the paint. And this is when LeBron would have used his burst, the same thing he did against Memphis. And a, a guy we're going to talk about mm-hmm. later when he when He, he went can't left. go left, right? 
Yeah, and he went left. He's left-handed. He signs his autographs left-handed. Like, LeBron signs his autographs left-handed. So mm-hmm. every player knows that about him. Yo, Miami is different, man. No, what? No, see, I was going to transition to that. I thought the playoffs was going to be better. Everybody told me when the Knicks make the playoffs, well, I guess they were talking about for the league business-wise, they weren't talking about for me. You know, yeah. so, like, the Knicks are who I thought they were. It was like, $1,200 for two tickets. They're, they're a bunch of undisciplined. They're a bunch of undisciplined dudes who thrive on chaos, you know. So like Jr. Bar- I mean R.J. Barrett, you know, isn't going to be a, a great half court player. You know, he's his best when he could get in transition or he could get a little floater in the lane. But your success is not trying to set up plays while R.J. Barrett is on the floor because it doesn't work. Julius Randle. I ain't going to get on him because I know you like to think that I get on Julius Randle. He is yeah, averaging get on him excessively. Hey, he is averaging 18 and 13 in this series. You know what I'm saying? Shooting 36% from the floor to do it. 21 from three. It doesn't make any sense to me. Because, because you're six you know, foot 10 and the hoop is 10 feet tall. Because he, like he plays just, just like R.J. Barrett. He plays just like R.J. Barrett. Just you know, get down do, the block. You give, know, me they, 20, they keep, give me give me 14 shots from six feet and in. So, you know, I was reading the thing where they were talking about how um, everybody criticizes Julius Randle for shooting all these threes. But then his coaches are telling him, like, let him fly. Like, you know what I mean? And that's cool if you're going four for 10. You know what I mean? But if you're going two for 11, you should probably not be shooting 11 Man, of them. That's cool. Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Okay. Dylan Brooks. February. Right. That's cool if you're oh. playing, you know, if you're playing against Chicago and it's a January game on a Tuesday. But in the playoffs, like, dog, just get me get me 20 shots. If you're my guy and you normally shoot 20 jump shots, give me them jump shots from around the hoop. Like See, I told we, my we son talk- and his friends, like I took them to the gym and they were trying to shoot threes. I'm like, yo, if mm-hmm. I close out on you from the free throw line, I close out. You pump fake and give me two dribbles, two steps. Now you're shooting a two-point shot from 15 feet. The other defenders either have to close out on you, and if they do that, then you can get an easy pass off to a guy who normally doesn't get shots because he's down low. So now the big man gets easy layup. You look like a good teammate. And now the next time that guy wants to close out on you from three, he'll second guess. Now you get a cleaner look at three. But if you what just is- take the three and then you miss it, everybody knows that goes into your head. Steph Curry dropped 50 points. His talent says you should drop 50 points all the time. What stops him from dropping 50 points every game is when those early four or five threes don't go in. And he well, doesn't you know, I was telling my son. Plan. I was telling my son when he was playing AAU, you know, three is more than two, but two is more accurate than three. And, you know, and these dudes aren't in the NBA. So y'all ain't even shooting 35% from three as it is, you know, but all these teams are playing like that. They play like, so, so with Miami, you know, they shot 50% from three against Milwaukee. And we both, you know, one of my favorite, you know, phrases or whatever is it has to come back to average. So Miami coming in tonight was only shooting 31% in this series from three. The problem is the Knicks are only shooting twenty seven percent for three. <laughs> and Yo, they, they went. Them. They went like nine for forty in game three. It's just like it's just like the James Harden thing, the Houston thing. 
How did y'all miss 27 straight threes? Why did not why did one why did one person not say go draw I'm cold. I am yeah, Antarctica cold from 23 feet, but I can and, be and on fire from seven. Get but that's what's seven. so cra- but that's what's so crazy about this because Jimmy Butler plays like he still plays for Thibodeau. These Knicks don't play like they play for Thibodeau. For Thibodeau, they don't play like they're a Tom Thibodeau team, you know. And and that's and, and so I'm watching this game right now, just game four, 106 to 99, with about a minute left now. So Miami's probably about to go up three one here. You know, the difference is is that Miami, I saw Bam Adebayo doing pump fakes, you know, at the free throw line, dribble, take two steps and get a dunk. Julius Randle can't do that. Yo. People fall in love with the three, and it's ridiculous. So is Joe Mazzulla going to lose this series for the Celtics? I don't think so. Yeah, so, like, you know, Mazzulla, like, I just, I just don't know why this dude wants to hold on to the timeouts. Like, both games that Boston lost in this series was because of him either not trapping James Harden or because of him not calling timeouts when he has one or, you know, yesterday he had two. And But my takeaway is, like, Boston is still the better team in this series. Like, and they're shooting 48% as a team for the series. That's unheard of, you know, for this late in the playoffs against you would think Philly's having an Embiid is going to alter some shots. You know, um, they got PJ Tucker out there playing defense from time to time. So, you know, I'm just shocked that Boston's shooting so well. I think Boston has two players. They're two front court players and Tatum and Brown that are if you had to draw up a player they're basically both scotty pippen with scoring ability mm-hmm. well like i said I, I think of them as like they they are what Kawhi and paul george what people thought they were when they got together they're the young version of the, the team that got created that they were already yeah so mm-hmm. that's the thing i think tatum they say they have my six eight maybe six nine Mm-hmm. And you know, but the thing is, is that what, what's what's crazy for me is that it's hard to have. It, it seems like they just never have that game at the same time, though. I think what what with Boston, I think the way their teams constructed, mm-hmm. it might be one of the best constructed teams in the NBA. You have. You run four point guards out there between Smart, Williams, Brogdon, even old boy Peyton, you know, you know, Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard, yeah. Peyton Pritchard. You run Brown and Tatum out there, and they can switch off being your shooting guard, your two or your three. Al Horford at the four, Robert Williams at the five, or Horford at the five, Grant Williams at the four, Derek Williams at the, you know, so you, it's like a, an embarrassment of riches. So when you have a guy like Missoula who has two timeouts and like I said, the game, I think it was like 18.8 seconds when the Harden three went through, he had two timeouts and in the possession before Philly got their three off, Doris Burke, the announcer for ABC, she said, Joe Mazzula says he likes to have two timeouts for end-of-game situations. Constructively, that seems to make a lot of sense. 
it does. We don't use them. <laughs> we don't use them when you're down one. Or it doesn't make sense where wherever MB got the ball for the last two rounds, even before Boston, their first round matchup with Brooklyn, guys were double teaming off of a guy. And it just felt like the double team was was passive. Like, you know mm-hmm. it's coming, so just show hard. He doesn't pass. I don't. I haven't seen him really pass deliberately to a playmaker out of the double team. It, it's not <clears> like they call like Doc calls a play to where James going to get the ball in the right wing, get it to B. The double's going to come off Jalen Brown, and Max, you're going to cut off of that, and then MB is going to hit you for a layup. It just seemed like the play was all right, MB. The double's coming from somewhere. We want you to turn and face the hoop and either shoot it or make a play you feel that works. And that's and that's what I was getting. But when James Harden got the ball, it was there's no double playing. A couple of times in fourth quarter in the overtime, he's left-handed. They were playing him to go left. Mm-hmm. And he got all the way to the hoop. One time he kicked it out and it kind of bailed out Boston. But I'm just trying to figure way, out the way that they work. It okay. just seems like there's 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 areas for improvement mm-hmm. just from a fan perspective. I'm just trying to figure out why the MVP is nine foot tall and 320 pounds and he going 11 for 26. And it took PJ Tucker to cuss him out in the Punch fourth in quarter. Yeah, just to make him seem like he wanted to wake up. But here's a stat. Here's a stat that I thought was interesting. So this is just for yesterday. This is not for the series. Just for yesterday. Um, when guarded by Al Horford, Embiid got held to 31% shooting for the game. And then it drops to 14% when just looking at the fourth quarter in overtime. That don't make sense to me. You know, not because Embiid's the MVP, not because he's nine feet tall and all that stuff, but... Al Horford old too. Yeah, but so is you Draymond. Know. No, I, but Draymond know. gets away with beating you up most of the time, though. At Horford, yeah, but Al, Horford, Al Horford's a nice guy and he doesn't argue much, but he, he gets some <laughs> fouls in there too. He'll poke you in your hip on his way. Yeah, up I remember. I remember he dunked on Giannis and and. <laughs> yeah. So Al Horford, he, he's what we like to call a crafty veteran. Yeah, but what he does is basically, if he knows. All right, Joel and B faces me up. My help is coming from his left side. So mm-hmm. he's got to go right. If the plays are kind of designed to where and B gets the ball at 11 seconds in the shot clock, all I think all that information is kind of processed. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to wait it out for the shoulder shimmy or the uh uh. The, the Kobe move, maybe I did the superimposed Kobe, Jordan, mm-hmm. and B videos. I think he's just waiting on that. And he's like, if I can get my hand here in his face or at the ball for a contest, then I put my team in a good position. That's why he goes 11 for 26. Um, I know Charles Barkley talked about the whole relationship and the chemistry between James Harden and Joel Embiid in the playoffs. I think it'll come back and bite him. Um, because I think James plays a certain way, and I'm not sure it's it's the same 
concept of Anthony Davis playing great on odd number games and even number games. Now, I just don't know if James can give it to you every single night because you expect you expect James Harden to be able to give you 29, 10, and 8 mm-hmm. because he's James Harden. So when he gives you 13, it's like, can you can he go in a locker room and then galvanize people and say, yo, we got to do better. When those guys seen you play as a 29 or 30 plus point, 10 plus point, eight rebound guy. Yeah, people talk about his defense, but like that's why you have other guys who don't shoot the ball, play defense on the back end. Just putting Reed and then B and Tobias Harris. I'm like, yo, be big bodies on here. 6'8, 6'9, 6'10, 7 feet tall. I mean, I like I like what Philly has going on because I think they I think they believe in what they what they have going on. I just think that Boston just kind of built better, and Boston yeah. they gave a game away yesterday. Yeah, like I said, in my mind, Boston's the better team, and I don't think you know. I mean, people will argue, but I don't think that's really up for much debate. You know, then you got the Nuggets and the Suns out west. You know, does the sun rise in the west? You know, two uh, two now. I want to say this all day, ladies and gentlemen. I know, I know. I've been so big. I, I've been wanting to say it like probably, probably for about eighteen to nineteen episodes now. But anyway, you know, and hey, like, where are we at? Like, is is Denver? Because I think this might be I'm the at, best. This this is the depends on what happens tonight with the Lakers Golden State. I think mm-hmm. this Suns Nuggets series might be the best because what you have Denver, Denver has an MVP in the middle in Jokic, even though he didn't win it this year. He's an MVP. He has a catalyst. Could it. have. He could have. Mm-hmm. He could have won it. He could have won it if people weren't concerned with the legacy narrative of the fact that they voted for Jokic and he won it three years mm-hmm. in a row and only Bird and Jordan never done it and Kobe never did mm-hmm. it. I think that was more I think that was I'm not I'm not taking away from Embiid's accomplishment, but the whole year, the all the straw polls and everything else had people voting for Jokic. And then all of a sudden he just does exactly what he did every single year. From the time that straw poll came out to the vote, and it's like all of a sudden that's not good enough. But that's yeah, the and for those of you that thought he for those of you that thought he couldn't do it, he put up fifty three last night. Yeah, so what I think what hap- what will happen with the Phoenix Denver series is that you got the stars. You have so much star power. Chris Paul being hurt, other guys got to step up. Devin Book right here playing like he's trying to win the Bill Russell Trophy. Um, I just think when it comes down to it, the basic – expectation of a basketball game where your other team's best player gets everybody involved. I think Denver still has that edge. So we're at 0-0 and I'm still picking the Denver, but right now 0-0, I'm picking the Denver to win best two out of three. Yeah, I'm picking Denver, um, you know, and of course for my stat, Stat of the day, actually. This is the stat of the day. So not only does Devin Booker lead the playoffs in total points, he's the first person since Michael Jordan in 1992 to average 35 in a playoff run for the first eight games. But on that list, so everybody already knew that stat. I saw that floating all over social media. But the other part of that stat is the other names that have done this are Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the captain himself, 
Mr. Clutch, even though he went one and nine in the finals, Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain, and Elgin Baylor. You know, so that's some elite company right there. You know, so maybe Devin Booker's a little better than I thought he was, but you know, but right now him and Durant are averaging sixty six point three points in this series of Phoenix's one eleven points. So. You want to know something funny? We were talking about this, about how having Joel Embiid might hurt Philly against Boston. Like, maybe Philly plays better against Boston if Embiid isn't there to slow it down, clog things up. That's how I feel about Chris Paul in this series. You know, is that the reason that I think Denver's going to probably win this series is because when Chris Paul is healthy, they're going to trot him back out there, and Phoenix is going to slow down. And they're going to try, yep. they're going to... They're going to plot down the court, and Denver's going to run them up and down the court as they were in games one and two. So I don't know if it's as simple as they went to Phoenix and Phoenix held home court versus Phoenix was able to play faster without Chris Paul clogging it and holding holding the ball. So, you know, from that standpoint, I think that's where Phoenix has an advantage. Um, Joker with 53 last night. I got to ask you, should he have been suspended? No. No, not at all. Because first of all, I've never really elbowed a person in the face. But if I would have deliberately el- elbowed someone in the face to where my intent was to, you know, cause some kind of physical damage or at least get some separation, I will look over there. I think the son's owner was just geeking up the crowd. Uh and Jokic put his arms up. He flopped Draymond style, and it, it shouldn't have been worth the suspension. On top of that, the NBA is a business, and they like the market. Yeah, I saw that's why you smirked. They like <laughs> the market, their matchups. That's why the Christmas Day lineup is deliberate. That's why the Christmas Day lineup runs concurrently with shoe releases they are yeah. the all-star game they are a marketing firm that happens they're a business football. they're a business not even a business so, a marketing well, when, aspect of it well you when people say spending your top players and and, and figures gonna be justified well, when, when people get into that argument because you brought it up earlier like does the nba want certain things i can tell you right now the nba don't want miami up 3-1 on new york yeah, I can tell I you that right now. They, I don't think they're as bothered by that because I think I think D Wade winning chip in Miami 2006, the Miami Heatles, and then the fact that Spoelstra has been highly regarded as one of the best coaches, and then Miami making it to the finals in the, the bubble year. I mm-hmm. think I don't think the NBA minds if it was like Milwaukee. Charlotte. Well, not Milwaukee because they got Giannis. If yeah. Charlotte, if it was Charlotte versus Detroit Sacramento. in the Eastern Conference Finals, <laughs> oh, oh, the Eastern Conference. Like if Finals, Detroit yeah. had a good year, even with Detroit on a good year, it would have right. been like it would have been like the Hawks sixty-one season where it's good, but it's right. not good for the fan. Like it's it's not right. good for the casual fan to be like, "Yo, Cal Corbett's out there lighting it up." Like no, like. Oh, yeah, and just to answer your question, Golden State is averaging 46 three, per, three attempts per, per game in the series. Uh, but anyway, really? yes. 
Yeah, 46. The Lakers are averaging 30. Golden State's averaging 46. But, um, but yo, so Memphis got eliminated in the first round by the Lakers. We saw that. We saw Dylan Brooks and Ja Morant go from a whole lot of talking to a whole lot of shutting up. Even though Ja did come back and say that he was going to eat the – he was good in the West thing. Dylan Brooks just stopped showing up to press conferences. So then we went into the, you know, Memphis got eliminated. Me and Raph were sitting around like, yo, Memphis ain't that far away. Like, they're right there. If Clark and Adams were in this series, maybe it's a different outcome. But then we got the news saying that Dylan Brooks is not only not coming back to Memphis, he's not coming back under any, any circumstances. circumstances. So what's next, Raph? What's next? Uh... I personally would have felt like Memphis probably was the best spot for him because I think, like I said, I think a whole Memphis is a viable candidate because mm-hmm. if you look at the West, you got Jokic, Golden State's old, the Lakers are old, and they're gonna the Lakers are gonna make moves to appease LeBron. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's just that it, I don't know if it's all gonna lead to winning. Phoenix is probably going to maybe hold on to Chris Paul because of the legacy aspect of his contributions. So I think Memphis would have been in the top two or three next year. Maybe Sacramento takes another step. If they start playing a little defense, maybe they get a defender. But I think I think Memphis would have still been in that 51 to 55 win range. You know, 50, 50 to 55 minimum. Mm-hmm. So I think that was still had him in the top three. Them not bringing Dylan Brooks back, I think it's kind of I think it's kind of lame how they put the message out there that they're under no circumstances. I think that hurts his value. I think that might put him in a position of where he might negotiate a little bit more with a little bit more animosity. But I think there's plenty of teams that could definitely use him. First of all. Charles Barkley said this, and I don't want to take credit for it, and I'm, I can't, I'm going to paraphrase it, but the main thing he said was that to win a championship, you need three types of players. One of those players that he mentioned was a crazy guy. He was like, every team needs a crazy guy that just does the crazy guy shit, either pick the fights, the rebounds, gets the technicals every once in a while, just takes on the best player, pokes the bear, you know, proverbially. Every team needs that guy. Think about it. Who's that guy on the Knicks? Nobody. Nobody. They're three down 3-1. Who's that guy on Miami? I mean, it's crazy because, like, Jimmy might be that guy, even Jimmy, though that, Jimmy's that guy. <laughs> he's the best player. He's yeah. their best player, but he's also the guy that does that part. So yeah. he takes maybe that's why they that can't get the role. title. Yeah. And it may be, maybe it's like a little overwhelming because he has to carry, you know, you know, a couple of different right. pails of water. But he is that guy that that gets him to the next level. Same thing with Miami. You could try to use Grayson Allen, but he's kind of small. He or does Milwaukee. like little dirty yeah. things with mm-hmm. Milwaukee. So uh, if you look at the Lakers, the Lakers don't really have that kind of guy either, but Golden State has Draymond. Draymond, Golden State had no well, business. Schroeder, no Schroeder, Schroeder kind of becomes that guy. He does some dirty things from time to time. But he's just kind of small. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dylan Brooks is the guy that gives you 
Dylan Brooks is a guy that gets under your skin. He's, a, you know, he's a, the thorn in your side, the rock in your shoe. And I think they did a disservice to themselves as a team and to him by putting out under no circumstances. Whatever the correspondence and the conversations were internally, you could have, you, now you've inhibited yourself from a sign and trade because people know you don't really want to keep them. That's the same thing Phoenix is in. Phoenix's situation is we all Man. saw on live TV Aiden and Monty mm-hmm. Williams having their beef. He's a he was a he was a free agent. I don't know if unrestricted, restricted, but we all saw that that's not working. I think Memphis had an opportunity to to put a sign and trade, and we we could talk about places. I think he I think he fit well in Miami. I keep it a hundred. I think he fit well in the Lakers. I think he would work well with the Lakers. And if it was a situation <coughs> where I take Kyrie or Dylan Brooks, I would take Dylan Brooks. So I, uh, you know, my, my first note here says maybe he can be the Matt Barnes to LeBron's Kobe, you know, because that was the whole, you know, uh, Matt Barnes, the iconic video of him waving the, you know, trying to, you know, Joe Kobe and Kobe just, you know, <coughs> then Kobe was like, yo, I want a guy like that. But Kobe was like, I want a guy like that on my team. So maybe that could be that thing. But, but I'm going to tell you. Run a test I'm tell Kobe you. Mark's fault before they, he signed with them and they beat Boston. I'm going to tell you what did a disservice to Dylan Brooks's value. So I agree with you that Memphis went about this the wrong way and they shouldn't have done it how they did it. But I'm going to tell you. Dylan Brooks shot Dylan Brooks value by being six foot seven and shooting 36% from the floor for a whole season. That's what did his value in because at the trade deadline, they tried to get Mikael Bridges and there were rumors that they might've been interested in OG Adenobi as well. If they would have got either one of them, they would have beat the Lakers. Now, what I don't like is I do like Dylan Brooks with them because I like cores. You know what I mean? These are the guys that you started at the bottom with. These are the guys that you made it out with. So I like that part of it. But I just don't think Dylan Brooks is that guy. You know, uh, 31% from the floor in the playoffs, 24 from three. You know, but he won't stop shooting the threes. He's that New York Nick guy we were just talking about. So so um, I think Philly would be a good fit because P.J. Tucker getting old and got to be getting out of there at some point. So I think he could be a good replacement for P.J. Uh, Tucker. The problem is Memphis, as of right now, doesn't have anybody on their roster to step in into that spot and play defense the way that he was playing defense. But you they know, already basically... said they're, they're not bringing him back. Like oh, saying, no, no, I know, I know, I know. But yeah. I'm saying that's the, that's the negative out of it. But I don't think that losing Dylan Brooks means that Memphis still can't be what you think of Memphis as, you know, because like I said, Mikael Bridges or OG would have been an obvious upgrade over him. OG's would way better offensively and plays defense better or just as well, you know, whereas Mikael Bridges, same thing. So I don't, so, so I think that where Memphis needs to make the change is probably Steven Adams from the standpoint of he brings a leadership aspect, but I don't think he fits the dynamic of their team, you know, as far as the running up and down and all that kind of stuff. But Dylan Brooks, I just need him to run to the block. Either, I, I don't think that either losing Dylan Brooks or gaining Dylan Brooks on your team Makes Hold that up. much of a difference. I'm listening. I'm listening. I just watched LeBron hit the sky hook. 
<laughs> oh yeah by so, the way Miami's up 3-1 if you didn't catch that y'all but but no but I don't think that having Dylan Brooks on your team or not having Dylan Brooks on your team makes that big of a difference in your season if you were a 52 win game team with Dylan Brooks I think you could win 52 without him if you were if you were a 36 win team without Dylan Brooks I think you could win 36 games with him I don't think he moves the, the needle I, I don't I don't Memphis went over 50 wins last season and this season. Uh-huh. And I don't think they they had the injuries with their big men. Uh-huh. I think I think Dylan Brooks well, that's your a job role yeah. in that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like you gotta have this basketball game starts. Yeah, and, and that's and that's why I like the core aspect of it is that y'all been building with him see it through, you know, wherever that's going to take you, whether you win a title, whether you make it to the Western Conference Finals, whether you lose in the second round, see it through because he was there at the beginning of this build, the process. He was at the beginning of the process. Which we'll get into later. I just, I don't know what you, what else do you need from... If you're Memphis? If you're Memphis. So you have Ja and Bain, Adams, Clark, Dylan Brooks. That's your starting five. Yeah. And then you got oh, no, Luke no, no. Kennard off the no, bench. No, 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 no. You got you got Triple J. So Clark Triple comes J. off the yeah. bench. Yeah, Jaron Jackson. Yep. So now you got Jaron Jackson off the bench. You got Luke Kennard off the bench. You got Tyus Jones off the bench. And then you put in, you know, you leave a couple of your starters in whatever case may be. So you can go, you can go eight to ten deep a nightly mm-hmm. basis. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a drop off with your second unit because you got to shoot him with Kennard. You got to shoot him with. Uh, you got Aldama you, and Roddy. You just you you have the bodies. You're like the Portland. Remember when Portland had two starting lineups? One was on the bench. One was on the floor with Greg Anthony, Ross Strickland. Yeah, the platoon swap. Yeah. So you you have that, and it's like you can win with that. Uh-huh. If you look around at any other team out west, Golden State has Steph and Clay. And then when those guys go to, if if Steph and Clay went to the bench at the same time, what do your points come from at Golden State? Realistic. <laughs> Wiggins. The <laughs> so bonus and Fox go to the bench at the same time. What do your points come from Sacramento? Malik Monk. LeBron and AD go to the bench. Same time at LA. What do your points Nowhere. come from? Booker Nowhere. and KD go to the bench. Where do your points come from? Nowhere. Job Morant, Desmond Bain go to the bench. Where do your points come from? Triple J. Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. You got Kennard is a shooter. Tyus Jones is a viable point guard. You leave Dylan Brooks defensively. Maybe he gets some shots off. And maybe Clark or Steven Adams in there to rebound the ball. Or now at this point, mm-hmm. old boy Tillman, you know, went to Villanova. So I think I yeah. think we could run ten or eleven deep, and mm-hmm. be good to go. The problem is they uh, they're gonna look at Dallas and see Kyrie and Luca. They're mm-hmm. gonna look at Phoenix and only see Booker and KD. They're gonna look at LA and only see LeBron and AD. They're gonna look at Golden State and only see uh, Steph and Clay and think we need that. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make their decisions based off of that, not recognizing that you have that already in place. 
and you're good. Yeah. I, th- I think they're gonna I think they're gonna butcher it. If he was coming there talking about I want thirty million dollars, like dog, I need a point per million if you want thirty million dollars. Right. Like if I'm paying you thirty million, like these guys that are getting forty million, if I'm a coach or GM, I'm like, I need thirty points and ten assists. I need fifty points from your just you as an individual. No right. coaching, nothing else. I need thirty points and ten assists. That gets me anywhere from. And, and what do you know? <coughs> what do you What do you know? Golden State still out here missing threes. They'll figure it out eventually. My stream kind of my stream spot, but I'll catch it up again. Yeah. So uh, we're at fourteen eleven with about four minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, Jermichael Green for three misses. Rui with the rebound. So, um, so yeah, but um, so here's some other places that I thought, you know, so I wanted your opinion on this one. So, so we both agree that Miami could be a good spot because I like Jimmy Butler putting him in his place. And when he gets out of line, you know, um, but, but he balances off. Now Jimmy can focus on the score and he can do the crazy going to what you were saying earlier. Um, so, so what do you think about the jazz? Nah, no, the jazz, Uh, the jazz, the Jazz only need players that come in and like to do pick and roll and bounce passes, rebound. They they need guys that are cool with winning forty three to forty four games. They mm-hmm. need good. They need guys that look good on billboards and and postcards, and they look guys that go <laughs> to the children's hospital. The Jazz literally Utah. Like I, I mean, so those, I love those braids they go to play with the Mormons. It's not even the braids. It's the fact that. <laughs> Like they don't need you. They don't need you to play successful basketball for them to love you. They love mm-hmm. BYU football. They love Utah University Utah football. They love the Jazz. Just be relevant. They, they don't like. Right, they don't so, love Colin Sexton. He so will do I thought, nothing for them. So, so I also thought that, and we talked about this the other day. I thought that, um, so next year. So not this year, but next year, Harrison Barnes is a free agent. After, you know, so after the twenty twenty four, after season. the yeah, after the twenty twenty four season. So I thought a swap there, or you ain't gonna get a signing trade now, I guess. But you know, but I thought that he could be a Harrison Barnes replacement if Sacramento were to trade him to get him off the books a year early or whatever. That could be well, a Sacramento thing. paying right now. If we had to Sacramento, think. they're paying here, and not many guys getting over thirty, right? No, can't be no. And then the last, then the last spot. Well, besides the Lakers, the last spot that I thought about. Now, for this to happen, this team would have to make some other moves, potentially. But um, I thought about the T Wolves, you know, because Kyle Anderson's a free agent. I think so the T such a poorly run organization. I wouldn't go there. Well, I that's why I said they would have to move. make some other moves. That's why I said they would have to make some other moves for that to work. But I think that could work down the road. But I think that what move you would know, you? What you think? Like, who would you have to get rid of? You would have to get rid of Carl with a K, because nah. he's making way, he's making way too much money and not providing anything for you. But he's young enough that I think teams would be interested in him. I don't know how many teams would be interested in Gobert right now. You know, with what oh, he's none. making. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's why I would have to be because because you're not gonna you're not gonna get rid of um, Anthony Edwards. You know, unless he unless he. Uh, you know, throw some more chairs at women, but you know, you're not going to get rid of him. You know, um, Mike Conley is on his last legs. Like he's still playing well, but he's on his last legs. So you're going to need your point guard for the future and all that good stuff. But 
I think that he could fit in there, but you just got to give it a call, Anthony Towns. But you know, that's a whole nother conversation. But I think, I think, yeah, if you give it a call, Anthony Towns, you're giving a way too much potential offense for an expectation of an overvalued defense. Right. Like, and that was my I, point about Dylan Brooks. 26, if I can get 26 points from Carl Anthony Towns, I'll take that over potentially only getting 11 from Dylan Brooks and him still giving up 27 See, guard and the other team's best player. See, and that's where I think we are on Dylan Brooks. I think that I undervalue him somewhat, and I think that you overvalue him somewhat. See, what that's my 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 value is placement based. I think where he is, where where he I think the way Golden State paid Draymond is the way other teams should pay a guy who gives you what Draymond gives you. Draymond does give you a little bit more ball handling skills. He kind of runs the offense. So I, I give you he he's an upper echelon. Well, he's he's he's, he's one of the main reasons. Guy. He's one of the main reasons Steph has become the player he's become because he yeah, took a lot so of dribbles like, out of Steph's hands. Yeah. So if you t- if you take an average stat line player, Draymond is the upper echelon version of that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But what he does, he gives you gritty defense. He can guard essentially. Two, Everybody three, five. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wouldn't put him out on point guards generally. I wouldn't have him switch out on Damon Lillard a lot of times in a game. No, but I have him pick up Marcus Smart. I, I have him pick up Marcus Smart. I have him pick mm. up yeah, this matchup matchup dependent. I have yeah, him match up up on Schroeder. Yeah. I, I yeah. even put him on I'd put him on Chris Paul right now. Yeah. On the switch. I have him switch Steph off mm. and you know have him challenge Chris Paul at the top. Yeah, and, uh, and, and that's the thing that Dylan Brooks brings you is hopefully he brings some of that Draymond with him, but he's also six you years gotta younger. Pay him, but you got yeah, and you mm-hmm. gotta you got we'd have to pay Dylan Brooks that kind of money. It'd be like, yo, give me what Draymond gives me. And I, and I, I don't I, think and I don't think he's worth that. But I don't, I don't think he's worth that. Draymond, I think he's on what an eighty-two million dollar extension, so he's getting twenty-six million. Yeah, but but see, but see, Draymond does the things. You know, this is the cliche, right? It goes beyond the stat sheet. You know, so like Draymond is their defensive anchor, and like I said, he takes a lot. He 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 leaves a lot of miles on Steph because Steph doesn't have to run the offense traditionally. Yeah, but John Morant doesn't run off the ball, so I think the energy that Draymond is saving Steph by allowing Steph to run, well, Josh not doing all that running. But he plays. He's he has zero defensive responsibility. No, but no, but I'm just saying that's the difference between him and Draymond, though. As they are, I think alike, it bounces those are, out. Those are the extra. Those are the extra things that Draymond brings that may warrant him getting that type of contract. Dylan Brooks hasn't shown us anything outside of we think he can play defense that would warrant him getting that type of payday. And I don't think his defense is that pay of like that level of pay. But I think what he does defensively, I think his size, I think the fact that he doesn't take a lot of shots, and it allows, like, John Morant. Is John Morant matching up with Steph Curry? Or are you going to put – Probably not. He's not. He's not. Maybe he matches up with Dame Willard. But he's not matching up. He's probably not even matching up with Kay Cunningham if they play a game against Detroit. Because they know he's going to dribble the ball a lot. The same thing with, but you, with, but you with, can fill another six Harden. seven six. You can fill another six seven six eight guy to do that. Cool. It doesn't have to be like, Dylan Brooks. As 
So when people thought Patrick Beverly could just be this bulldog that played defense, mm-hmm. how quickly did he get traded for multiple teams in the last 12 mm-hmm. months? That could because be Dylan Brooks. You, But you need a little size. And I think Dylan you know? Brooks gives you gives you the size. Obviously, you need a core of players and coaches. Right, that right, right. Give and, that's why, and, that's, and that's why direction. I said I will. But I that's think why I that check and some veterans, I think that gives you direction. And, and that's why I said I would want him to stay in Memphis because he is a part I of their core. And, and, and I like Memphis's coach. Taylor Jenkins is a good coach. You know what I mean? But I just think I that. I think they're good in the West in 2024. I don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know why Memphis is doing this. Like, it can't, like you said, it can't be because they lost to the Lakers. That can't be the reason. You know, because it can't be like you made us lose this series. All of a sudden, bet. these six right. games made us right. make this level but, of determination on you. But as I said at the trade deadline, they did go after Mikhail and OG. So maybe they were willing to move him then. Yeah, but if you measure Mikhail Bridges' arms, you're like, I'll take the new young version of KD. Because a lot of players you think about, like you got the guy Anthony Simmons, Simmons, Simmons and so, Anthony Simons in Portland. Simons yeah. in Portland. You have yeah, yeah. uh even I mean, granted AD came out and they he turned into a star. Malcolm Brogdon and Boston, even Jalen Brown. A lot of people probably were out on Jalen Brown for a while, but it was like, yo, just give him 18 shots. Uh-huh. Give him these shots and see what happens. And I think that if a good GM around the league is looking like, there's a lot of guys in the league that, like I said, we talk about this all the time when they do the little pregame interviews and everyone's doing a shoot around, the ball's just dropping in. I think Jordan Poole on another team would be viable. I don't know if they are a playoff team, but I think Jordan Poole can get you 27 points in Detroit. I don't mm-hmm. know. If he, he could be Earl. Good. He could, he could, he could be, uh, I was about to say Earl. <laughs> he could be Jordan yeah. Clarkson. Yeah. Jordan Clarkson. You put him in Utah. Yeah. You have him come off the bench. He plays hard. It looks good. That's why Utah's like, oh, we're good. We're good. With yeah. That could be, that could be Jordan Poole. I come I, here I think- 41 times a year and the team on the floor gives me enough entertainment to where I, I think Jordan Poole NBA games. I think somebody saw Jordan Poole hit a couple of shots, whether it was in practice, whether it was in a game or whatever, or they were just playing horse. And they said, wow, what a transition we got if we go from Steph to Jordan Poole. He brings a lot of the same stuff. I think somebody did that. He does a lot. He does a lot of the same stuff that Steph does as far as like wear on the floor and how he comes off. Pick and roll, but he does he does more of the bird brain shit that Steph does than he does the high IQ stuff that Steph does. Yeah, it's it's a lot of <laughs> like like I said that twenty eight footer in game one was like yeah dog. His call, that was his Carlton dribbles, and we are at the yeah. end of the first quarter, twenty two to twenty one L A leading the Golden State Warriors. So you know we got a competitive game so far. We'll see if that keeps up. So speaking of taking all the shots, how many shots are people going to? Give the Buffalo Bills to get it right. Are they going to the Super Bowl this year? No. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no because I don't think they've done anything that tells me that they improved on the aspect of the game that I think they had the most problems with, and that that was their inability to give you a different look from the run game. They didn't, they never, just literally go shotgun. You can go four wide. Just run the inside zone handoff every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Tell Josh, don't keep it on the RPO. Just give it up. Don't 
let Singletary Don't throw it 41 yards on third and one <laughs> or Naheem Hines. Back to May ran two kickoffs back in a NFL game, one game. <laughs> Atlanta had Cordell Patterson run a kickoff back last year. It was something like the first kickoff they ran back for a touchdown since 2009. Devin Hester had a couple of punts when he played his brief stint in Atlanta, but it doesn't happen often. This dude did it two times in one game, but you can't figure out a way to get him eight to 12 carries. I know that's, that's the problem. And that's why, and obviously I picked Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl last year, you know, and you know, they just, they, they they started arguing them then too. They, they started out like gangbusters, you know, the way they beat up on the Rams. But then we obviously learned that the Rams, you know, weren't worthy of being called defending champion. But that's a whole nother story. So, you know, I'm looking at the AFC East and I still think Buffalo wins it, though. So you got Buffalo winning the AFC East. Yeah, I got Buffalo winning the AFC East. You know, I don't trust to um, I don't trust his health enough. I think there will be some early season catching up with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And I just don't think the Patriots are very good. Yeah, they they are really resting on the fact that this dude named Tom used to play there. <laughs> like, you know, he's not coming back, right? He's yeah. If he comes back at all, he's playing to replace Tua. So he's playing against you at least one of those games. If he come back, he's coming to replace Belichick. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? You, like you said... Uh, most great players don't make good coaches. Oh, I know, I know, they but yeah, I think, I, yeah, yeah, no, I know, I but I, I just think that Buffalo, I mean, they they had a top the best defense in the league the last two years, or at least top two the last two years. I don't think their defense is going to fall off enough for the rest of the division to catch up. I don't, like I said, I don't trust Tua's health. You know, the first hit that he takes, he may get shut down. You know, we just don't know. Miami they has definitely a definitely will not let him. I think the with Tua, Tua has has, has lost the uh, the benefit of the doubt of, mm-hmm. yo, put me back in. I got this, and they're like, nah, right. man, we can't. And they're only they're paying them thirty million. I think they picked up his fifth year option. They're paying him thirty million. Uh, but yeah, like I think Buffalo is the creme de la creme in this in this division. You have Tua health risk, Rogers new quarterback. Mac Jones is, I mean, he's a foot and a half out the door before he gets replaced by Bailey Zappi. Mm-hmm. Not all his New fault, start, but, you know. New England starts out one and three. Mac Jones might as well go ahead and get a, a burgundy shirt and a visor and go down with Nick Saban to be the quarterback coach because he's not getting nah, somebody will give him a somebody will give him a chance why you why? because you got you got to think what about it they had, a def- what he they had a defensive on the field that says you're a gm okay so so, so 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 quarter, so 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 this is the bullshit that i don't like right quarterback wins you know what i mean but he did get them to the playoffs no no, I mean? no and no, then no no what in one game hold up hold up hold up and then hold up and then and then they gave him a defensive coordinator as his offensive player caller True, yeah, but so, was he, so, he so, wasn't so lighting it up before then either. No, his, he wasn't his, lighting his, it up. His pass before completion then. percentage with passes that travel 15 yards on the field was something well, like this is 12%. only his third year, like you know what I mean. This isn't like he's been around for like five years or something, yeah. But when you saw Lamar throw a deep post route, you're like, okay, this guy looks like he knows what he's doing. 
when you see Josh Allen, granted his completion percentage early on was like 56%, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when you see him drop back and fire that thing off, it makes sense. Joe Burrow, no, he wasn't I, great in Cincinnati before he got I never injured. thought, but you can no, see, I never thought you can see, like, okay, this dude can make it work. I never thought Matt Jones was going to be a very good NFL quarterback. Michael McCorkle Jones. I never thought that he was going to be a great or a good NFL quarterback. That's just me, though, and I've been wrong before. But what I'm saying is, like, this is only his third year that he's going into. He has led a team to the playoffs. So I could see somebody giving a shout out. I mean, but Sam Darnold's still getting jumped. Sam Darnold's yeah, still he, getting But jumped. he's terrible. We, we But we say he's terrible. He's getting shots, but we also say we don't Baker expect Mayfield getting shots. And we also say about we don't expect him to do much. Like No, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that Matt Jones is going to go somewhere and become a starter. I'm just saying that I think someone will add him to their roster at some point. But I don't think – But there's nothing that – There's nothing on the field that you can point to that says this is why he's getting a shot. Uh, Let me me say – Let me think about this. Let me me try try to give like an example. Like – Trying to think, trying to think, I'm trying to think. Okay, Barrios, the wide receiver that was playing in with the Jets. Right, for the year. Jets. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. For, for the Jets. You can see why a team would be like, you know what? I can do something with what he brings on the football field. I can I can put him somewhere where I can get X, Y, Z out of him. I think that Matt uh, and Jones, he's not even Jones a star. is young enough. But like, if you look I at Matt that, Jones, it's like, what? What does he have a strong arm? I, I think no. I think Matt Jones is a young is enough quarterback accurate? that that these offensive dudes in the NFL that have egos think that they can do something with him. I think more I mean, people would take a shot on Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson has a bigger arm. He has the arm. But I, yeah, but I think each one of them just when you really when you. I, I'll, I'll I just think neither to, one is a good NFL quarterback. Yeah, I think I'll go back to the Mark Slayer comparison I made last week when he's talking about Heath Shirley versus Gus Farratt. He's like, at the first practice, I knew that our top five pick was terrible, but the guy we got in the seventh round looked like he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much you can say. Like, Mac Jones, his completion percentage is past. Trevor Lawrence had a, a pretty awful rookie year with Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. But you're like, you know what? I see something there. Peyton Manning through mm-hmm. 28 picks. It's still a record. He's been mm-hmm. begging for somebody to break that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I said I never thought he was going to be a good NFL quarterback, but I also think that he hasn't necessarily been set up for success either. I mean, they, they didn't even bring back Kendrick Bourne this season. You know what I mean? So, like, so like I, who's he throwing it to? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I, I just I never thought he was going to be that good because I watched yeah. the pockets he was throwing the passes from mm-hmm. in Alabama, and I was like, this dude has zero struggle. And he's going to go to New England, who has zero offensive identity, and he's and it's going to be shown. He has like his completion percentage, fifteen plus yard air distance, is something like eighteen percent. It's something super low. But <laughs> so that's if we go from Bailey Zappy, and he no. they ran four plays in that just three big game. Yeah, his, his arm might be just as weak as Matt Jones, but he could throw but, a hell uh, of a drag route. So AFC yeah. South. Because I agree with it's you. It's got to be Jacksonville. It's got to be Jacksonville. It's got to be Jacksonville, right? It's got to be. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. But can it be Tennessee? No. Why not? Because they want to stick with Tennessee. That, and I, don't, I also don't think their defense is good enough to overcome. I don't. So, so, 
So looking at the division, looking at the division, Tennessee could possibly beat. We just don't know what C.J. Stroud is going to be right now. We don't know what Anthony Richardson is going to be right now. So you would put them They're ahead, I guess. They're going to be 18 yeah, yeah, interception yeah. rookies. Yeah, so so you would put Tennessee ahead of them right now just on principle until we get to see some more things or hear some more things coming out of camp. you know. But I just don't think that – I think Tennessee's done from the standpoint of we're done with Tannehill as fans. But I feel like the players uh, are done with him. What's a with Tannehill? Like what, He's what just, did he do I think, wrong? He didn't do anything wrong, but he's he's of that. I'm not making a comparison. He's of that Jimmy G mold. You know what I mean? Where he's crafty enough, he can make a play, he can keep you in a game, but you're never going to go into a game and be like, but third we got eight, Ryan I need, Tannehill. I need this timely throw, third day, four or five minutes left in the game. He doesn't make I that mean, play. I mean, think about it like this. And you've heard me say this before. I might have even said it on the show before. They lost a playoff game where they got nine sacks. Because he threw an late game interception. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cincinnati, so, so but that, Cincinnati ended every game that playoff series short of the Super Bowl with the defensive yeah. interception. So yeah. But but I'm just saying, like, like when I think of Ryan Tannehill, I think of a guy that you start because you don't believe in any other quarterback on your roster and you're thinking of the next draft of who you're going to bring in to have so him he's come Kurt, up under. He's Kurt so they got Will Levis. Manning on the bench. Yes, so, so they got Kurt Will Levis Warner now. Kurt was in the Giants and they and played him eight games and he was going to put in Eli Manning. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if Levis is starting before the end of the year. What about Malik Willis? Can he beat Levis out? I, I will not be shocked if Levis starts. <laughs> That that'd be a sh- listen, because like you always say, Vrabel doesn't want Willis. So like not at all. And I knew yeah. that from his first preseason press conference, he did not want Malik. Willis. And going back to what you just said about Mac Jones, Levis does have that arm. You know what I mean? I don't he think it's very accurate, arm. but he has that arm. You know what I mean? Malik Willis. You know we knew you. You pointed out all the time, Vrabel wanted nothing to do with Malik Willis. So not so so one ounce. of two things. So, so one of two things is going to happen, and possibly two. Levis is probably going to start at some point this season. Vrabel ain't coming back next year. That I think, yeah. When we do our hot seat topic here in about August time frame, yeah, he'll probably be on it. So, yeah. so, so I got go Jacksonville in that yep. North. You got Cincy, I imagine. Yeah, I got Cincinnati. Um, I just think that. So, so what I don't like about Cincinnati is they lost both their safeties. So I don't like that. Jesse Bates, you know, new Falcon, you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't like that part of it, but this is my thing, you know? So maybe it's, maybe it's old school bias and just memories, but I just don't trust the Browns in anything. I just don't trust the Browns in anything that they do. Like this conversation, I literally didn't even think about them. (laughs) I've been thinking Cincinnati and Baltimore. I know I'm working my way up from, I'm working my way up through the levels. You know, when Pittsburgh, you, you know. I just, it just, when you said the Browns, it reminded me that they were in the same division. That were so, so, you know, so, you know, Pittsburgh is going to piss somebody off this season because they're going to beat somebody they ain't got no business beating. Tomlin's going to go 9-8 eight. Eight or 10-6 and six yep. or 10-7. Uh, and, and, you know, that's just going to be what it is. But I don't think they're ready yet. Pickett, I like Pickett. You know, I think he's going to be better than Mac Jones, at least. But, you know, I, I think he's still a year off, probably. 
Then we get to Baltimore. You know, my hometown, baby. You know, Lamar is back and he signed. They got Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. They got Zay Flowers, who I liked in the draft. And who didn't you know, know all that, the teams in the AFC North. And I and I actually like Rashad Bateman too. But this is the great thing, right? Because Rashad Bateman, instead of being the number one, gets to be the number three now. So I think that'll work out for Baltimore. I just don't know if Baltimore has the defense that we're used to Baltimore having. And that's where I think Cincinnati is going to, you know, and, and I think that Cincinnati. I think their defense in Baltimore. They, first, they, they got good play players. Young. They have good they players. They played young yeah, they, last year. Their right, whole secondary right. was young. Right, right. And they drafted that's what I mean. That's what I mean. out of Notre Dame. But they, they played a year and they got torched. Yeah, that's what I forced. that's what I mean. I'm not I'm not saying that they're going to be bottom third defense or anything like that. I just don't think they're going to be the Baltimore standard. And Draymond you don't is think down. That they'll be able to oh, look back up now. Film. Okay. You don't think they'll but, be able to like look at the film from those games? Where I they think got they will, but I think but I think and Harbaugh then the defensive is, coordinator like yo, just stay here, stay here. But I think Harbaugh here is in that same yards boat. from the line of scrimmage. Don't come down to 14. That way you don't get beat up. But, but I think I think that Harbaugh is in that same boat of is it time? Because we talk about his decision making all the time. You know, we talk about Joe Missoula losing the Celtics games. Harbaugh had lost the Ravens some games over the last couple of years. He lost in the division the last couple of years because he yeah. put them behind the eight ball in games where like a couple of games where they should have if they win the game. They're either tied for the division lead at like week 11, week 10, week 11, you know, six and four, six and five. Like they're like six and four, six and three in that range after a bye week. And they're, oh, yeah, they're tied. Uh, yeah. But they go for the two and lose. And now they're, and now they're tied for the division versus being a game ahead. He right. did that a few times over the last couple of years. And it's like, and, like and, and me I, and you, I think we that, talked about the whole Buffalo going forward on fourth and one and not running the ball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And don't forget, it don't, it, 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 and like I said, so I think that's why Cincinnati wins the division. But, but um, with the caveat of, I also don't trust Lamar's health. Like he's missed at least five games the last two seasons, you know? So I don't know where we at on that. But I think a lot of those hits were just un. It was like un. Like he got hit in the pocket. I think it sometimes helps. Oh no, it has nothing to do with his play style. Yeah, it has nothing to do with his playing style. Yeah. I'm not making that. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's a matter of like when a guy isn't healthy. I look at it like when I can't trust the guy's health is if you have too many soft tissue injuries. So did LeBron like, just knock some sense into Draymond? We gonna see a smart Draymond now? Anyway, I don't know. I'm still waiting on the. My stream, my stream, you know, went down. I'm just kind of yeah. There was long, long pass. Draymond went up for it. LeBron bumped him. He fell and banged his head on the baseline. You know, so um, normal common foul, nothing crazy. But I, I thought like LeBron barely. I mean, LeBron didn't hit him hard. It was just like one of those hit check things. You know, where Draymond yeah. was in the air. So, so they're you know, both, but um, they're business partners. He's not gonna try to hurt him. Yeah, yeah. He's back in the game. We're we're 35, 33 Lakers with 626 left. Steph just took a crazy ass three that we would have got on Jordan Poole for, and he missed it just like Jordan Poole would have. But anyway, um, you know, yeah. So, 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 so I got the Bengals winning that division, and then of course I don't need to like make it all fancy and shit. Kansas City's going to win the West. Oh yeah, I think that's uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, we don't got to get fancy with that one. 
swap. You know, but, but I, got, um, I got Baltimore when the AFC North just because I think, okay. I think I think Baltimore has a core identity um, that they'll stick to, even okay. with the new offensive coordinator. So I just figured it'll be yeah, cool. and I, and, it'll and be, I mean, they got Odell be Beckham. 11, it'll be eleven and six, ten and seven. Yeah, they got Odell Beckham now, really and they got to over. Yeah, take the take the top off the defense. So you know, yeah. So if we are we are we gonna go wild card? We're just gonna stick with the divisions. No, we can go wild card because we both are gonna agree that Kansas City is gonna win the West. Yep, got that. Yeah, so wild card. Um, I ended up in with any the Jets. order. Yeah, yeah, Jets. Jets. You know, um, over Miami. Um, not, not. Uh, I got the Ravens. You know, because I think Cincinnati wins the division. But like I said, it's probably within a game or two. You know, it's nothing crazy. And then I got the Chargers getting in from the West. That seems pretty solid. I got the I got Cincinnati in the wild card because I got mm-hmm. the Ravens winning division. Right. I think we're pretty even. I'm not I'm not sold on the Jets simply because I I'm I'm rarely sold on teams that feel as if they are simply a quarterback away. Oh, the Warriors gonna win. The Warriors gonna win. What's the stat feel that they popped on TV? No, Draymond just hit a layup and he did his thing at the crowd. Like, you know, they win when he do that. You know, he's been wrap. quiet these last couple. But anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 116, 104. Uh, so a team like the Jets, when teams come out and say we're a quarterback away from, you know, this upper echelon mm-hmm. success, I think you're going to have your ebbs and flows of a season. Like we've had Kansas City past couple of years be two and two, three and two. They lost the game last year to Indianapolis. People thought they was it was a wrap because they only they scored under 20 points. I think some of those teams are capable of galvanizing, getting together, and succeeding. Aaron Rodgers teams aren't wired like that. So the Jets That's gotta come out four and mm-hmm. one, five and one, six and two. They have to be sitting, you know, they have to be sitting in the, the, the top of the AFC East in order to make, make their season. Because he did the whole R-E-L-A-X relax the last few years in, in Green Bay, and they went on a run. But that's because he was there, the team that he knew, and those mm-hmm. are individual games. Why are you always hovering around 500 if you're one of the better teams? And now you're playing in the tougher conference. You mm-hmm. have Mahomes, tougher division, Burrow, tougher mm-hmm. division. Uh, Tua, when he's on, is he has so much speed in Miami. Then you even have, I mean, we'll throw in Jimmy well, G in the ASC West. I just think that like, you have more top-notch quarterback play that can get you over the hump. Playing well, I think the that the Jets. I think that the Jets have a better defense than Green Bay had. I think that they have a better core of receivers. Obviously, they didn't have Devontae Adams last year, but they got two you know, players they, from they got, Green Bay. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I'm talking about Garrett Wilson. Wilson. It's got to be Wilson, unless Aaron Rodgers brings some kind of politics. They're paying Lazard a lot more, you know, and and well, he's they're a rookie. Lazard, you know, like, Wilson's a rookie. Second year guy, but he was. Well, I'm saying, like, like I know, but they ain't gonna like rookie year and be like, "Yo, we gonna give you 10 million now." 
<laughs> They're going to ride out that rookie contract. So if I bring in a quarterback that's, for lack of a better word, a bit of a diva, mm-hmm. and he bring his luggage with him, and it's Louie. It ain't Louie. Lazard, Louie, it's the same thing. Tomato, tomato. If he brings that guy. <laughs> that man bought some TJ Maxx with him. Lazard is going to be like, well, I'm, I'm, I came with him. He's mm-hmm. here because of me. So mm-hmm. I'm the number one guy. And Garrett Wilson, like, no, I'm the rookie of the year. I'm like, y'all came here to my team. They just got to fight, bro. How good, <laughs> with, how good is Aaron with young quarterbacks? Um, if if any wild card pick that you, that that you have that we have, I can't. I don't know who to insert right now. Mm-hmm. But I think because so many other teams have young quarterbacks, because you have the AFC South, unless maybe Tennessee sticks with Tannehill, but that's the problem. We don't know if they're going to stick with Tannehill. Uh, AFC West. Maybe Denver, Sean. Maybe Payton. they get right. Yeah, maybe, maybe they get they right. Get it together. So I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Denver simply because I don't. If the Jets don't win the division, if they're not front running, I don't know if they. I don't know if they can get to five and six, and then go on a, and then go five and one, in their next mm-hmm. six games. Mm-hmm. So, but I think I think at some point I know when the schedule is going to lay out. I just have a feeling that the Jets, because they are the Jets, mm-hmm. are going to have a three and four, four and three kind of. Spot. Yeah, and, and and yeah, and when we see their schedule, we might you know I might change that depending on how the games yeah. line up. Do they play? Do they play Buffalo and Baltimore back to back or something like that? Yeah. Do they you know stuff like that that we don't have Buffalo, in front of us right now. Do they play Baltimore Sunday night and Buffalo? Like Baltimore Sunday night, Buffalo on Thursday, right? Stuff like because now Both you know, coming, yeah. So, you know, so it's yeah, not stuff far. Like it's like you're going to Maryland, you're going to upstate New York, but it's like it matters. You get you getting torched in in, in Maryland at MT Bank <laughs> Stadium, and they had to go up to what I think is New Era Stadium or something in Buffalo. Yeah. Plus, we got to see if they're going to continue to let Sauce Gardner, Richard Sherman, people too. Listen, he will because you know people like him. Just Galba likes him. So right. if we go over to NFC. Let's go NFC East. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna pick I'm gonna against go with your squad? The, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go with the Eagles to win the division. Um, I could I could see I could see Dallas putting up a fight. Um, I think the Giants will be good, but not good enough. And I think Washington will bring up the rear. <laughs> uh, I I saw a, I saw a little thing on our group. The Eagles front, like the Eagles defensive front, is. <laughs> Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and what's the dude coming off ACL surgery? Barnett? Uh, Barnett, yep. Mm-hmm. And then the second unit is Jalen Carter, Nolan, Nolan. Smith. <laughs> uh, who They had another defensive, like a couple of defensive ends. I'm like, dog, if they, if they want to do something ridiculous, like, yeah, we're going to run a 4-6. <laughs> we just gonna put six defensive linemen out there and just see, just just week two versus against Washington, Houston, Washington, <laughs> and Houston. They get Atlanta. a game against I mean, yeah. Carolina. Hell, even Atlanta. 
Like, yeah, yeah. we're gonna run this this Buddy Ryan four six. And, and, and they just replaced him. And it and they, and they just replaced Miles Sanders with uh, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> and, and they're not going to uh, Jalen Hurst that much because it's like, we just paid you a quarter of a billy. So we about to run these running backs down your throat. And I think they yeah, picked they still... more offensive linemen. Yep, and they want to, they wanna, uh, from what I was reading, they want to get Gainwell more involved in the offense, you know, and then, oh, by the way, they still got A.J. Brown. All day long. Yeah, they still and got they still A.J. Got Brown Devontae and, and, and Devontae Smith on the outside, you know, and they still got Dallas Goddard. Stop it. All you right, know, so we're going to skip like, the Eagles. Yeah, they they're like it. a dream team. <laughs> Super team. If they were a basketball right. team, people would be comparing them. Yeah. All right. So then we go NFC South. You got. I got, I got, uh, I got, uh, I got, uh, 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 it's a tough decision, man. <laughs> but I land on the Saints. I just think they have the best combination of quarterback and defense in the division. Uh, I'm going to pick Atlanta Knights because I'm a fan. I know. I know. Um, I just don't think. You don't know enough about Desmond Ritter to pick Atlanta. Well, I do know that they're going to hand the ball off. I'm saying, you didn't even know Desmond Ritter was half black. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I can tell he was beige. I got a couple of them in my house. Uh, <laughs> I just know that what they're going to do, I'm assuming, hopefully they stop running that play. They got Cal Pitts hurt um, with the little action with Zacchaeus and all this stuff. I just think that Orleans, did rock a few times. <laughs> oh, got him. Molly whopped. So yeah. many times, like he got he got hit in the Carolina game. I think Washington took him out. Um, it's just pretty ridiculous. But yeah. I do think that they run the ball well. You got Tyler Jill, you got B. John Robinson. I wasn't big on. Um, they both will the defense. Be. They went yeah. got Akuda, they got Calais Campbell, they got uh out of I don't want Anyamata from New Orleans. Uh they went out, got Jesse Bates. So they what they did basically was say, all right, we're going to play tough defense, run the ball, and mm-hmm. throw the ball short. So I like that part. I don't trust Dennis Allen, the New Orleans head coach. I just think that yeah. he just mm-hmm. kind of rode the coattails of Sean Payton after he was fired by the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And then Derek Carr hasn't really shown much as far as being successful. And I just think that New Orleans, I think they're the way they play has never really it hasn't been recently where like they've been Ooh. dominant and just a couple of things just haven't gone their way. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go with Atlanta winning NFC South as a fan. I have I mean Tampa Bay has who finishes last field. in that division. Who finishes, who finishes last? last? Carolina. Yeah. Carolina. <laughs> They made a bad trade with Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's 48 to 47. Steph is staring in the crowd now. You know, he hit a three in Anthony Davis's face and then got an and one. So he, now he's staring at the crowd. So, you know, Warriors are back to their front running ways, maybe. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, but, but yeah, I think. Um, the third. Yeah, I like, I like Bryce Young, but this ain't the year. <laughs> they traded away DJ Moore. I would have traded away a defensive mm-hmm. tackle. Chicago would have taken whatever top player you felt whatever good player you could have given them they probably would so have could taken Tampa, them could Tampa Bay with Baker Mayfield sneak up on people 
No, because I don't think people have faith in Baker Mayfield. Okay. I think I think the 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 confidence in Baker Mayfield, I think his individual intrinsic confidence is a twelve. <laughs> but I think when they start off zero and three, it won't it won't be the same. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's, and then and then we so got the North. How will how will North. be the North be one? I got Minnesota. I like Minnesota. <laughs> I think they're a regular season team. I think they I think they played their weapons very well. I think they drafted a wide receiver who played Steelen. A good one. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. And I I like Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk okay. gets you like I think he gets you to 300 yards a game you need. Mm-hmm. He might not have your Mahomes like highlight reel. He might not have the the accolades of Aaron Rodgers. But what I think he gives you, I, I think he gives you no ego, win, lose, or draw, yeah, just being a good player. Yeah, they got the uh, the former Belitnikov winner, Jordan Addison. That's who it was. Yeah. So I think I don't think their offense changes. Secondary still slow. Secondary still slow, but listen, <laughs> they came back on down by thirty two points against, or thirty three points against uh, Indy. You don't mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. by having a a mediocre offense. Well, I think I think I'm gonna drink the Kool Aid, and I'm gonna pick the Lions to win the division. You know, um, they did the nine and eight thing last year. You know, uh, Jared Goff built some momentum with that team. You and know, they, they picked up a quarterback. Lot, you know they <laughs> they picked it. They picked up a lot of secondary in the offseason, You know, to but combat they teams a quarterback. like Minnesota. They did draft a quarterback. Um, you know, but that's I think Detroit that, being Detroit. That, I think that, that would that's just simply Detroit being Detroit. You had there's no reason for you to be in the market for a quarterback. I think that Minnesota will be good. You know, I so I got the Lions at about 10 and 7. Minnesota maybe even with the same record, but just some kind of tiebreaker works out for Detroit. I think they're really close. What I do know is that it ain't gonna be Green Bay or Chicago. Chicago could shock people, but a shock for they, me would be if they won seven games. It just seems like they were in position after they traded that number one pick. They were in position to really bolster their team and make it viable. And it didn't seem like they made any moves after mm-hmm. that trade that allowed that will allow me to think as a rational sports fan that. They made any rate moves. I think they got an offensive lineman in the first. Yep. And, you know, they, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, they're a team that needed a lot of pieces. You know, they do have DJ Moore. So that will definitely help, you know, young fields out. Steph with 15, seven and seven with three steals, 50 to 49, seven and a half seconds left in the second quarter. Steph at the free throw line for two. Oh, um, they, didn't, yeah. they didn't challenge that because that's a charge. Oh, I think they're challenging it now. I think they okay, just walked out to challenge it. Okay. Yeah, that's a yeah, I think they. Yeah, I think they just challenged it as you were saying it. Yeah. Because uh, okay. Kurt, Kurt is talking to the ref now too. But uh, but yeah. So yeah, that's a charge. Um, 
<clears throat> but yeah, I think if Chicago wins seven games, I'll be surprised. You know, anything like as I as we sit here today, Chicago maybe wins four games. You know, um, they're only a four game. They didn't make enough moves to give you give you. You know, they still need a, a lot. Betting. They still need a lot. They still need a lot. You know, um, you know, they had they picked up uh, Chase Claypool, you know, at the trade deadline last year. You I know, so they, maybe if these guys know their role, they might. Yeah, that's what right. I was going to say. Having DJ role, it, 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 I mean, DJ Moore, it goes back to what I was saying about Baltimore, where Rashard Bateman slides over to the three spot. You know, now Claypool slides down a peg. And your offense might get better and just they, off of that. You got Mooney, Mooney, at and you three. still got Mooney, who I like. I do like Mooney. Justin just has to let the ball go. Yes, I watched so many times he rotate his hips and pump fake. It was like, dog, you nobody else is getting open. This is the NFL. Right. Everybody's as fast as you. All right, now we gotta get this quick. We running up on time here, so right. you know, um, I got Seattle, Seattle winning the West. Mm-hmm. I got Seattle winning the West as my wild cards. I got Dallas. Out the east, I got the Giants out the east, Minnesota. Since I picked Detroit to win the division, and then I have San Francisco as my last wild card, just because I think whoever wins the South is going to be similar to this year, where it's like that nine and eight, eight nine range, and then somebody wins it the last week. They upheld the call. Steph is taking his free throws. Go ahead, Mister Rutley. I'm gonna go Dallas, Detroit, and New Orleans. They have no love for Daniel Jones. No, because uh, he has to try to run through Philly's line twice a year. He's gonna have to try to out <laughs> Michael Parsons. He's gonna try to have to, have to out duel Dak, and then I think Washington is still one. Just something about got, uh, Washington is still one. And we got fifty-two to forty-nine Warriors at the half. LeBron misses the three at the buzzer. Off balance, so the Warriors are up at up three at halftime. Yeah, so then taking it all the way through, we ain't got to go playoff matchups. But who do you got in your Super Bowl as of May eighth, year of our Lord twenty twenty three? This is boring. <laughs> Kansas City. Hey, but your logical logical rematch. is boring. Kansas City. Yeah, logical is pretty rematch. boring. So I'm gonna go Kansas City Philly. <laughs> I like all. I like what the NFC. I like the, what the AFC has done. I like their young guns. I just, I just, I, I can't bet against history. History being Kansas City hosting AFC Championship game, and the history of teams that teams that have a great defense, run the ball, <laughs> and they have good quarterback play. They tend to win every mm-hmm, week because mm-hmm. two out of three of those things, you don't even need all three to work. Because if your yeah. defense isn't playing well, you can still run the ball and eat clock, and your quarterback still can make plays. If your quarterback is having a bad day, but you can run the ball well and play great defense, you can still win the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So same thing if you're not running the ball well, but your quarterback is out of sight. I.e., like mm-hmm. what Kansas City did in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes threw for less than 200 yards, but threw three mm-hmm. touchdowns. Yep. And everything he did in that game was important. Yeah. Every, and then he scrambled. I think he probably had the biggest run of the game for the team. And his defense made timely plays, 
strip mm-hmm. sack, fumble, and then the second play that was reversed, but it's the same thing. It just they just made those plays. So mm-hmm. I think Eagles that way. Kansas City just has such an advantage between coach quarterback and scheme that I don't know if Buffalo can compensate. Jacksonville can try to. They had an opportunity, but they had him on one leg and couldn't beat him last year. If he stays healthy, I don't need I don't know how that game goes. But it's boring. I don't know if I don't know if we had a Super Bowl matchup ever, like back to back years. I can't think off the top of my head. Maybe the Dallas Buffalo years, but even then I can't remember. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, they did. did. They have a yeah, they did they went back to back. Yeah. Or yeah, they, they lost like, Buffalo lost. Buffalo lost to the Giants the first year, Washington the second year, and then lost to the Cowboys back to back. Then the Cowboys went back and, uh, um, oh no, 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 the Cowboys went back a couple years after that to when they played the Steelers. But uh, yeah, but like yeah. I say, it wasn't back to back. So like it, it was, it was back to back. It was, it was, it was back to back. No, I'm talking about like Steelers versus Cowboys two years in a row. Oh no, 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 no. But Buffalo yeah. and Dallas was. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo yeah. and Dallas was. So, so I put a like lot that. of thought into this. I put a lot of thought into this. I got Philly against Buffalo. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I ain't got Buffalo this time. <laughs> just just playing. So I thought about going shocker here. You know, like uh I wanted to go Philly and Chargers, you know, is where I wanted to go with this, just to be different and not boring. Uh, yeah. But I think I'm going to I think I'm going to land on Philly and Baltimore. That's tough. I mean, that's tough. I think that'd be entertaining. It'd be huge for this region. Oh yeah, I definitely. It'd be huge for this region. Um, yeah. Uh, if if Lamar Jackson can stay healthy, you know, I don't know what's going to stop him and Lamar. Ja- I mean, uh, Odell Beckham. That's going to be a tough combination, provided that they both stay healthy, because Odell has some issues as well. You and know, Odell but, uh, is your intermediate guy, and you have Zay Flowers. Yeah, if he's going to be your Tyreek Hill guy from the slot. It's like that. No, nope. that, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. And then that's you got tough, Pro Bowl but... quarterback Tyler Huntley backing him up. So shout out to Utah. All right. Utes. Pro Bowl Tyler, you know, Pro Bowl Huntley. That's what we call him around these parts. And then, you know, so Buffalo has been working on this for years trying to get this run game together and working on this process, you know, but as we get into processes, how good did the Philadelphia 76ers do the process? Uh, If we go on one to five, five being the best one being uh, not good. I got him at 2.75 or three. Because think about it, the whole the thing about the NBA, and we've had this conversation before with the draft picks and the whole worst the first construct. It happens in other sports where you are bad for X amount of years. Talk about the Royals. Uh, we'll talk about Jacksonville, the Pirates, the Pirates. Atlanta had a couple of bad years as a as an NFL squad. They drafted and they trade up the top six, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. these teams are, you know, they're bad. So Philly just like, listen, we're going to lean into this. And really all they got out of it was Joel Embiid and James Harden with a trade for Ben Simmons. They could have been, they could have kept all the players that they gave up and all the bad draft picks where they took Markel Fultz, Instead of Jason Tatum 
You know who else was in that draft too? Him. Lonzo Ball was too. Well, well, I wasn't going to talk about Lonzo because, well, knowing what we know now, he's got the knee stuff going on. But De'Aaron Fox was in that draft. He went five. I'm not saying you draft De'Aaron at number one, but I'm just saying you you don't make the trade to get the one if you get De'Aaron. You could have made a trade with Boston and got Tatum at three if everyone's so sold on Fultz, whatever the case may be. Um, they had Nerlens Noel, Jaleel Okafor. It just felt like they grabbed a bunch of names from college basketball, and none of it panned out. And even Embiid sat for like almost two years. Ben Simmons sat for a year for his rookie year. Uh huh. And Noel Noel. Tra- yeah, you end up. Yeah, you end up trading because he he had the ACL in that the in bad college. Five. I think mm-hmm. college against, I think it was a game against Tennessee. He had a bad five. No, it was against league. Florida. Yeah. Should, yeah, should just let him go. Expansion. Yeah. Just let him go. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think as far as I think the trust the process thing, which is basically they ripped the fans off for like three or four years for 160 home games, 120, 160 home games, and then sold them this dream. And that dream hasn't gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, then Hinky uh the Hawks got to the Eastern down. Conference Finals. And then Hinky stepped Hinky stepped down, you know, so like and, you know, and that's the problem is that not only that these picks didn't pan out, but they went like Noel, Okafor, and B. Like, 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 where were you going with that? You know, but like even before the process, Philly was in a weird place because they went 34 and 48 in 2012-13 and got the Bulls in the first round. That was the year Derek Rose injured his knee. You know, we all remember that. Um, and they won that series, and then they took Boston to seven in the next round. So they were a game away from being in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, so right now we're watching Miami go up 3-1 and probably get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But this team was 34 and 48. It was a game away from the Eastern Conference Finals. So you were already a bad team to begin with. So then they traded Drew Holiday, you know, on draft night, which was how they ended up with um Nerlens Noel. You know, yeah. um, and so, so you know, from there, it gets even better because they went and got Andrew Bynum, you know, from the Lakers, who at the time, obviously, we didn't know how his knees were going to play out and all that kind of stuff like that. He just sat on so, the sidelines with that 1970s fro. Yeah, looking like um, Dwayne from What's Happening, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like over there. And, and, and you know, but um, Look like they went and got him. Film. But it was a four-team trade, you know, that they did this with. So they so they got Bynum. They got Jason Richardson from the Magic. They traded Iguodala to Denver. And then Vucicic and Mo Harkless went to the Magic, and they gave Orlando a first round. Or um, Orlando got a first-round draft pick out of it. So who won in that deal? You know what I mean? It wasn't Denver because all they got was Iggy out of it. But they got Bynum and Jason Richardson. You know, uh, Vujic, yeah, Vujicic and Mo Harkless went to Orlando, so I guess they won the trade by default. But I just don't even see the need for that trade, you know, because um, they were so hell bent on this concept of us tanking. Because this, like, our current, (coughs) excuse me, the current NBA player, college basketball player landscape. Short of Bronny going to USC, for years it wasn't it wasn't a large conglomerate of 
high school players going into college, the mm-hmm. one and done. Like you had Derrick Rose, you had Jason Tatum. So you had some players that were doing a one nine, Kyrie Irving, but it wasn't the situation where you were going to get these blue chippers who were going to go to school for one year and potentially get a pick at them. Because I'm going to say the Markel Fultz year, because I don't know if that was the same year. What's the boy that got drafted to Phoenix? Like Josh Johnson or something like that. Josh Jackson. He got, yeah, he got drafted number four overall, but his one of the cons was his ability to shoot. I'm like, why are you drafting him in fourth, fourth overall if he can't shoot? So it just felt like the college product, the player that they were getting from colleges during the the the, the peak of this process, you weren't getting peak talent. So you mm-hmm. were better off just keeping your veteran talent and seeing what you can do with the veteran talent. Yes, you weren't going to get a top six pick because for some reason, GMs feel as if they can sell a top five, top pick to the fan base. <sighs> And the mm-hmm. fan base just buys it. I'm like, no, I don't want you drafting fourth overall all the time. I don't want you vying. Like right now, San Antonio potentially can get the number one pick. Orlando has odds of getting the number one pick. Um, who else is at the top? I think Portland's pretty Houston. close. Talk by Houston. I don't want to be a fan base that every March and April and May, <laughs> I got to wait for this these random ping pong balls to drop. Mm-hmm for me to get excited because this one dude who plays in this other league is going to come in the NBA and dominate. There's dudes in the NBA right now that can't dominate. Paul George is in the NBA all the time. He's been in it for a minute, and every week he's not out here getting you 28, 8, and 8. It's like it's a tough league, so why you keep selling me on the fact that I'm going to get a top three look, pick? Look at the draft this year. Everybody's literally just wanting Wimbayama, and then after him it's what? It's fifty nine other dudes I, who also. I mean, we got our guy from Bama and wore a suit. We got our guy from Bama, and we saw him drop eight points in five games in the tournament. How many <laughs> games they played? And on top yeah. of the fact, he still might be going to jail. You never know. Yeah, so you then know, you I mean, like, Henderson. You got some other overtime guys. You got the two twins, Amir, yeah. Amen, and, and Amen. Yeah, huh? Thompson. Mm-hmm. But they're twenty years yeah. old playing against seventeen year olds. So how good are they? Are they just 20 right. and that more athletic or are they actually good basketball players? Yeah. So, you know, so, so like I'm giving the Sixers a big fat F, you know, like you gave them a 2.75. I'm giving them like a 0.5 because, because as we fast forward, you mentioned it, all they have left is Embiid, you know, Marco, they gave up on Markel Fultz. He's in Orlando reviving his career. Ben Simmons still trying to figure out, you know, if he even wants to play basketball, probably. Ben Simmons you know, doing Tai Chi and Tahiti right now. He don't care about yeah. basketball at all. So, so so everything that the Sixers did, they could have did originally because I'm sure if they wanted to trade Drew, Drew Holiday, he was an all-star at the time. Like, I'm sure they could have got something nice back for Drew Holiday. They had Bynum and Jason Richardson. You know what I mean? You could trade. They had the rookie Richardson. of the year, Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah, they had the, and they, they, had they the traded him because he they came to the him. locker room because he was sick of losing. Literally, they had a game. He went in the locker room. He had an outburst because he was sick of losing. They traded him the following week. I'm going to kick the guy off the team that wants to win. Exactly. Because he, <laughs> he doesn't trust the process. Well, like I'm out it there sweating. I'm trying to get paid. I'm trying to win. I'm out here grinding. I'm traveling. I'm on these planes. And I'm out here on national TV getting my brains beat in mm-hmm. because you want to hope this dude that's playing at Kansas is good next year. 
Like that has nothing to do with me now playing in Philadelphia. Like, have you met a Philadelphia sports fan? But, like a real Philadelphia sports fan? But see, it, they'll beat it, you it in, makes, fr- in front of your grandma. <laughs> it makes me wonder though, what they would have done in that draft where they selected Markel Fultz if Hinky was still there. Because I don't think Hinky would have took Fultz. I think they would have. I think they. I think. I don't know. I don't think they would have done anything smarter. I think they would have just because <laughs> Fultz for some reason was considered like the guy. And I mean, to be fair, like, I think that people thought that Jason Tatum was going to be good. I don't think people thought Jason Tatum was going to reach this level that he went to. One guy played at Duke. One dude played at Washington. Duke didn't make the tournament. (laughs) Some Duke tends to produce guys that, uh, you know, they really tend to pan out in the NBA. Mike Krzyzewski coaches the, you know, the gold medal teams i probably would have done my due diligence on tatum at six foot eight with a that incredible hairline paul george clone <laughs> yeah you mean so like a little like a b yeah, i would have loved george. to have heard i would have loved to have heard that conversation between coach k and but Dylan i think Brooks, they would i think what philly would have done though I think they would have traded somebody early. I think they would have traded Ben Simmons. Or they would have traded Embiid. Because Tatum would have been so impressive mm-hmm. that they would have been like, oh, no, we can, all these three guys can work. Let's rebuild the whole team. Let's yeah. rebuild around Tatum. So or they let's would have started, get rid of. would have been another I would have, yeah. in, that, in that situation... If you you take Tatum, Chris is all hypothetical. You have Tatum, you got Ben Simmons, you got Embiid. The NBA was transitioning from the positionless basketball. The big man is invaluable, even though we just mm-hmm. seen big men win the MVP the last three years. I think mm-hmm. they would have tried to move Embiid because I think he was coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. It wasn't no one really saw his potential. Seven feet tall, two eighty five, two ninety. I think they probably would have traded him for you know, a bag of beans and they would have tried to run with the six ten point guard and the six, eight ball handler. Mm-hmm. And then that wouldn't have worked. And they would have been back to the process again. Yeah. You know, I think the best I, move they made was trading Ben Simmons for James Harden. Yeah. Because I mean, what the hell was Brooklyn thinking? <laughs> Brooklyn had no reason to make that trade. Like I'm sure None, somebody else. Not an ounce. I'm sure. So I give Brooklyn an F, you know, for, tra- <laughs> for trading. Yeah, I mean, there, there there had to be teams out there that would have wanted James Harden. And Ben Simmons hadn't Brooklyn- played either. That's the funny part. Yeah. It's like he hadn't played. He he never gave an inkling. He showed up to the Sixers practice with his cell phone in his pocket, with a Sixers hoodie on with no sleeves. All I know is James Harden better not go to Houston. That's all I know. Yo, they said it's all but certain. If he wants to in go to NBA if he, circles if, under if 20 that man, decks. If that man goes to Houston, get him out of the league. Just get him out of the league. He don't want to win nothing. Listen, man, I love Vegas and I love it for the steak and the food and the party. And so maybe he loves Houston. Maybe. I mean, I mean, I'm sure he does love Houston, but it ain't for the food. I tell you that. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> all right. 
as we come up on our conclusion, Steph for three misses it. So Golden State comes out, get the first bucket of the second half, 54 to 49, about a minute passed so far in the third quarter. D'Angelo Russell for three. He misses Clay with the rebound. All right. So get it off my chest. So, you know, say I'm going to go ahead and set this off because I got a 69-year-old man that I want to talk to for a second. You know, Mr. Bob Huggins, Cincinnati Bearcat fame, current West Virginia head coach. Now, you know 2-5, and if there's one thing you know about 2-5 is 2-5 is here for the rivalry. So Cincinnati and Xavier, one of the hottest rivalries that no one talks about or knows about. You know, back in 2011, Bob Huggins wasn't there, but they got into a brawl, you know. So, you know, this rivalry is heated. They're about four and a half miles apart, 10 minutes driving from each other. So these two schools get at it. They run into each other all over the place. I love it. That's what I love about college sports. That's why I love college sports more than I love professional sports. But anyway, so Bob Huggins goes on the radio show. And, you know, he's talking about Xavier. It comes up and he refers to them as Catholic F words. That is also slang for cigarettes. And as I was sitting here, you know, like it was bad enough that he went with the homophobic slur, but he topped it off and brought the religion into it, too. And this is a guy that is One entrusted for ones. This is the, yeah, this is the guy that's entrusted to coach teenagers. And, you know, I don't want to do the cliche thing, but be the leader of men. You know, these kids are supposed to be looking up to you, not only learning basketball techniques from you, but they're supposed to be learning life. A coach, a college coach is also teaching life, teaching valuable lessons that these kids can take forward. Now, he did teach them a valuable lesson. Watch what you say out your mouth. Absolutely. You know? So we're going to see we're going to see what happens what West Virginia chooses to do. I don't think they're going to fire him or anything like that. We'll see what West Virginia chooses to do. But you know, this went on, you know, they didn't come out with an apology right away. You know, this came way later, you know. So he had to have known. Granted he's 69 years old. He grew up in a different era. Each generation talks a little bit different. There's some things that are sensitive today that were not sensitive then. But if you're 69, You've been alive long enough to know what today is. And, you know, yes. you know, you just don't go on the radio station. You don't do that. But I'll just conclude it by saying, Coach Huggins, even though I don't like the verbiage that you that you used on that radio show. I do appreciate the fact that some beef is everlasting. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get. That's what I wanted to get off my chest. So 59, so. 57 Lakers. Yeah, I just saw I saw the three went to Austin Reeves. Yeah. Was it Oklahoma Mamba, as they call him? <laughs> Country Mamba or something. Uh so my get off my chest is I mean, I won't I won't really get into details. I'm just gonna get to the crux of what I believe uh should matter in a person's life. I think leadership mm -hmm. is valuable. I think leadership is important. I think when you put yourself in a leadership position, whether you've been volunteered or you promote to that position. You should operate under the expectations that you should be good at that. Mm -hmm. Even if it doesn't come naturally to you, some people are. I, I, I've i always felt like I was a good leader. It always felt natural to me. It always felt like I want to be out front taking the arrows for my people and making sure they got everything they need. I just, I just felt like that's something I want to do. 
I wanted mm-hmm. to be out front. I wanted to give the speech. I wanted to be the student leader. I wanted to be, I wanted to promote so I could, so I've, I've always wanted and had aspirations to be a leader. Some people don't have it, but if you're going to volunteer and be a coach, especially a youth coach, then you mm-hmm. need to have that understanding that you are by default the leader and you need to operate as such. You cannot whine about the behavior of the people you're supposed to lead when you're supposed to establish the example for these people. You're supposed mm-hmm. to always have their back. Always. If they're wrong and you have their back, they'll tell you, coach, I was wrong. And then you go from there. But if mm-hmm. you don't have their back, you have you can't expect them to then in turn show any kind of well, say any kind of like feelings towards how you would feel as a leader. Like because you're not showing them the leadership aspects, leadership qualities. People want to be led. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying people mm-hmm. are naturally follow, but people look to the leader. If you have your they have look the structure. Mm-hmm. If your titular position is coach, you are by default the leader. Same thing if you're the best player on the team, if you're the quarterback, the point guard. These are all positions that is, expect you to be a leader. So when you're in these positions as a coach, then you need to ensure that you are respecting the player, especially youth players that are out there grinding, that you have their back. There's nothing more infuriating than an event that I had to deal with last Friday when when it all came down to it. All the calls on the field, the incorrect calls, the 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 negative accusations towards my my son as a, as a, a player, a fifth year lacrosse player, all of that was standing. His coaches didn't have his back. His coaches created more of a conflict for him on the sideline to the point where I had to get involved and his mom had to get involved. When it's like, you're a coach, you should be able to say, I've coached this kid through multiple sports. I've watched him perform. With your kid, you know, because most coaches are volunteers because your kid's on the team. I've seen him operate in pressure situations before. I've never seen him crack. I'm not going to believe it now. I'm going to go after this referee and say, yo, what's going on? I've known this kid since Obama was president. And now all of a sudden, he's just he's just acting out of character. It doesn't make any sense. When you know your players, you know your position, be confident in that. Don't be flaky. You're a leader. You can't be flaky. People will tear you down if you're a person who's in a leadership position and you can't operate as such. If you cannot do it, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, this is not for me. But don't make it seem like the people that you have an inability to lead are the reason why you can't lead them. That's mm-hmm. on you. Men storm the beaches of Normandy with bullets flying at them because leaders told them, we're going to get to this beach and take this beach over. You can get people to do anything if they believe in what you are presenting to them. If you don't have that capability, then just stay out of the way. Just be a dad on the sideline, be a mom on the sideline, be a cousin on the sideline, be a brother on the sideline. Do not go out there and say, I want to lead you and coach you and be put, put yourself in this position if you don't, if you're not wired for it, if you don't have the stones mm-hmm. for it, stay at home. That's all I got to say. You know, I tell people all the time, you might as well lead the right way because whether you lead the right way or the wrong way, that's what people are going to see you and remember you as. You know, so if your name is on it, if your name is on it, you got to make sure it's the best product possible because that's all you got is your name. Stamp on it. That's it. Put that stamp. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. 
We are at another end of another episode. Always my least favorite part. We must bid you adieu. And in the meantime, all I ask from you, bars, all I ask from you is like, review, subscribe. It's all free. Give us your inputs. We're all ears. All ears. You got the criticism. You got criticism. We here for it. If you got compliments, give us a little bit of that too. Yeah, hit the like button. That's it. So I'm 2-5. And then over there, you got Mr. Logical. Logical, what's up? See you in a few days. Peace. Peace.